Let us pray. God, we thank you for this day to gather here as we come together in this season of Advent. Expect, expecting, waiting, anticipating your coming to the world once again. Lord, open our hearts and minds and lives to that to which you have for us this day and each day. May my words be yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we're in this church season of Advent. It's the beginning of the church year begins with Advent, just like seasons in the uh, world with weather. We have a weather season happening right now. Uh, there are certainly seasons in the church year, and this is the season of preparation. Uh, preparation for the coming of Jesus into the world. And so this season is a time for us to contemplate that, to think about that. And last week I talked about some of the characteristics of this season and how we would work through those here these three Sundays. Last week we talked about waiting, and next week I look forward to talking a little bit about expectation. But today I want to focus on this idea, this one of these themes of Advent of anticipation that I mentioned in children's time. I love this uh, reading for this day. And I love uh, thinking about this story, this story for Mary, for both Mary and Elizabeth. Mary with this pregnancy of the Holy Spirit, this, this odd story, this surprising story for her and for the world of the coming of the Savior into the world. And of course for Elizabeth, for Elizabeth to become pregnant in her very old age after not being able to be pregnant. Their anticipation must have been great. Any of you who have children and or grandchildren know that, the, that there's, there's different kinds of anticipation. And when it's the coming of a child or a grandchild, that anticipation is entirely different. It's a special kind of anticipation. And so certainly we can remember or imagine the anticipation that Mary and Elizabeth must have been experiencing. And see, it is God's desire that we would be a people of anticipation. When I think about this holiday season, not just this story and the story of our own kids and anticipating them, I think of Christmas morning. You know, again, if you remember, if you've ever had young children or young grandchildren, you know, like I talked about in Christmas, at the children's time, you know that what Christmas morning is like or Christmas Eve. It's the hardest night to get anyone in my house to sleep. And it seems that somehow that morning, that Christmas morning, our children have these internal clocks that somehow 7 a.m. has become 4 a.m. <laughs> it's that feeling of anticipation. You know, when, when, uh, when we we're anticipating Micah's arrival, our first child, some of you remember what that was like. The excitement, the fear, the nervousness. When we were surprised with Abby, a different fear, excitement, and nervousness. And for as much as I, you know, pick on them for their idiosyncrasies and personalities, most of which are genetic, unfortunately. <laughs> it's such a great gift that we can anticipate great things happening to us. Whether it's anticipating the arrival of our children, anticipating the Word of God in our lives, or kids with excitement and innocence and purity 
anticipating Christmas morning. You see, we lose sight of these things. We lose sight of the great value of what we've been given. We forget how great things can be. We come to just move along and fail to see the great gifts that we receive over and over again. And the anticipation for Mary must have been something. These two women. It's an interesting story. I think about this story a lot. And I'll point to you verse 41. You know, I imagine it was quite a moment when Mary joined Elizabeth. What two great stories again coming together. Mary, uh, pregnant by the Holy Spirit with the Savior of the world. Elizabeth, pregnant in old age with John the Baptist, her husband unable to speak. Most wives would be excited about that. <laughs> but we look at verse 41. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, we forget so often that we can, and as followers of Jesus Christ, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. That this is no small thing, that in this moment, in the midst of all that is happening, that the writer of the Gospel stops to point out that Elizabeth was filled with the Spirit. You see, our sense of anticipation that comes by knowing that we are filled with the Holy Spirit is very different than any other kind of anticipation. It's different than anticipating a snowstorm, anticipating a, a train crossing, anticipating you know, Christmas morning and gifts for our family and friends. There's greater mystery involved. There's greater trust and dependence. There's a greater sense of surprise. There's a greater sense of wonder and awe. That many times for us as followers of Jesus Christ, our lives and certainly our faith would be radically different if we could just stop more often and recognize that we are and can continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That God doesn't just desire to encounter us in church or in our Bible meeting, but each and every waking and sleeping moment of our lives. And so this moment was already a holy and sacred one, a reunion of family members celebrating and getting excited for these children that were going to enter into their lives and in the world and change the world to start a revolution of love and grace. But it was even more so powerful because of the Holy Spirit. It says, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And it goes on to say, she offers this greeting and talks about, in verse 44, as soon as the sound of the greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. That being filled with the Spirit, that the story of Emmanuel, God with us, God coming to earth, this into the world, is one that should be filled with joy. That to anticipate the Holy Spirit is very different than anticipating a train coming and having to wait. And it's very different than anticipating a snowstorm or anticipating crowds in the mall or in the stores. That it's one to be filled with joy. That one of the greatest gifts about the Christmas season, even in the midst of the stress and the busyness and the chaos, 
of all that has come with the holidays in our current day is it should be, it can be, a reminder that our life is to be filled with joy. That in the midst of these challenging circumstances for both Mary and Elizabeth, that the Holy Spirit came into their lives not just to be with them, but to fill them with joy. That that is my favorite part about Christmas morning. The joy of the coming of the Savior into our world. The joy on my children's faces. And if you think that that is just about presence, I think you're missing something great about the faith of a child. The beauty of the mystery, of the expectation, of the excitement. That you've heard me say that someone once said, you know, you Christians say that you have the joy of Jesus in your heart, but you might want to notify your face. That so often we fail at joy. Those of us filled with the Holy Spirit who should be the most joyful. And somehow in the stress of the holiday season, we need to stop and look to the real story of Christmas. Look to what this holiday season is all about and embrace this joy. What a moment for Mary and Elizabeth to be there, to experience the Spirit. For John the Baptist, the one who was going to come and point the way to Jesus, to leap for joy. That as we truly encounter Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, in each and every moment of our lives, we can find more joy. There are very few people out there. There are probably some who don't need more joy. And that's one of the great gifts of the Holy Spirit. That without the Christmas story, without the coming of Jesus into the world, for, for sure, there's an awful lack, real lack of joy. You think of the great, the great carol, the great hymn, Joy to the World. The Lord has come. Those are not just words. Those are not just musical lyrics to get us excited to sing in church. It's meant to be a posture as we seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Just in the way, although not exactly, that Mary and Elizabeth were filled with the Holy Spirit in this moment. You see, this moment, this Christmas story, is very different than the story of my kids' birth, very different than the excitement and the anticipation of Christmas morning. You see, because this anticipation that comes with Adam, that comes with Christmas, that comes with the coming of Jesus Christ, is holy and sacred. It is completely different. And that's why we need this season of Advent. That's why we need to come together and to continue over and over again to anticipate the coming of Jesus Christ each and every year. Not out of obligation, not because it's a church season, not for presents on Christmas Day, but because we need to be reminded God has come to be with us. We need to be reminded that we can and should be people of joy, that we can anticipate that like Mary, like Elizabeth, and like God did through John the Baptist and, of course, through Jesus Christ, that God has great things in store for us.
It's much easier to look at the things that we don't like, the things that we're worried about, that we're afraid of, the things that make us nervous, the things that don't go the way that we would wish and that we would hope, than to look at the great things that are happening. But joy is a posture. It is a bit of a choice. It is about perspective. It's about the perspective of the Holy Spirit instead of the perspective of the world. You see, the world would like to steal our joy. But anticipating the Holy Spirit, anticipating God coming into our lives just as Jesus came into the world, can give us great joy. But more than great joy, because God has great things in store for each and every one of us in each and every moment of our lives. You've perhaps heard me talk about one of the verses of Scripture that has become a theme verse. You know, we all have these passages of Scripture that touch us, that, that we feel close to home, that we know and, and come to memorize. And one for me is in the Minor Prophet of Habakkuk, and there's lots of different ways people say that. And, and you know, it's this prophet who's mad about how God is answering his prayers, not that that's ever happened to any of us. But great little book, and in the first chapter, in verse 5, it says this. Look at the nations and watch, and be prepared to be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. You see, that's the kind of anticipation we should have for the Holy Spirit working in our lives. For the Christ child coming into the world, into our lives, into our homes, into each and every moment that we experience. That God can and will do great things much like the amazing story of Christmas, the surprising and humbling way that the Son of God came into the world. God can and desires and will do those great things in our lives. And they will be just so surprising to us. I think of the surprise of Mary, of the Spirit coming to us and saying, this is what I'm going to do. that she would believe before she was told. And that's the joy of Christmas, that God came into the world and that God continues to come into our lives and has great surprises in store for us, things that we couldn't even imagine or dream for, things that we couldn't even know or expect even if we were told. One of the great beauties of this passage is uh, what they call Mary's song, you know, starting at verse 46 and and going through this verse 55, a uh, fancy word for this that I can never pronounce properly, they call this the Magnificat. That, it, that this song has such great depth to it. But more than depth, it's a promise. I imagine Mary, as she sang these words, did she think of these words? Did she think of some of the words? Was it all from the Holy Spirit? But this song is one that tells her story. It's also one that tells the story of what God is about to do, what this Jesus that she is going to give birth to will do. I don't sing. It's for everybody's safety. For the glass, the stained glass, for people's hearing. But you know, our joy should be so deep that God give us such a great song in our hearts joy that wells up within our depths 
as we anticipate God working in our lives that creates in us this beautiful song. Verse 49. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. That this verse shouldn't just be Mary's story. It should be ours, too. Ours individually, each and every one of you for your family, whatever that family looks like, for us as a church, for us as a community, for us as a world, that this is the story that we can have because of Christmas, because of the coming of God's Son into the world. We can know that God has, will, and will continue to do great things for us. But it's different than the great things that come under the tree, or the great things that come through other parts of Christmas. Because this, these things are holy. These things are sacred. What's interesting to me also about this passage is Elizabeth's submission to Mary. This was very countercultural. It's a much older and wiser woman, but she recognized what was happening. Through the voice of the Holy Spirit, she recognized, she saw what the Holy Spirit was doing. And her submission was not about submitting to Mary herself, but what God was doing through Mary, what God was about to do in her child and in Mary's child. The part of anticipating requires some submission to us, some real trusting of God, some real letting go, some real giving away to the Holy Spirit. Anticipating that God is and will work. Timing is always an issue. It's a very rare occurrence when God and I are in agreement on timing. It's one of our disconnects. Probably my problem. It's definitely my problem. But we can anticipate that God has, is, and will continue to do great things in our lives. That the coming of Jesus Christ to the world isn't just an interesting story. Isn't just a fascinating conspiracy. It was meant not just to change the world once, but to change the world over and over again. To change our lives. That we don't have to live in fear and dread, but instead can live and trust in, in God. Trust in the Holy Spirit. Trust in this child, Jesus Christ, who came to earth. That we can live with hope and with anticipation that the God of the universe who did the miraculous in Mary and in Elizabeth and who has continued to do the miraculous in and around our lives has more in store for us. The good news of Christmas is that the story isn't over. That we can anticipate over and over again and each and every moment of our lives. The coming of God, not only into the world, but into our church, into our home, into our communities, into our world, but more importantly, into each of our own lives. And that anticipation should be of great joy. That in the midst of the stress of the holiday season, we can have joy because of what God has done for us, what God is doing for us right now, and what God will continue to do for us each 
in every moment of our lives. For Emmanuel, God is with us. There's no better news. There's no greater thing to anticipate. And there's no greater joy. May we be a people who anticipate God more and more so that we can experience the abundant life, the great miracles and blessings, and the great joy that that God of the universe has for each and every one of us. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the story, for this yearly reminder, not of just a family and a blessing, not just a season of busyness, of fullness, of beauty, but one where we can be reminded that we are to anticipate your coming into the world and into our lives over and over again. Thank you, God, for sending your son Jesus to be with us, to walk amongst us, to save us, to show us life, to continue to give us life and work in our lives through the power of your Holy Spirit. May we anticipate you May we be filled with the Spirit that we may experience great joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand as we continue.